everyone. It's April, and Tony and I are here again this week to do our show and do, you know, do some pet talk and also talk to Veronica and ask her some questions. So it should be a fun show today, but I do have some news, difficult news. Um, my dear, dear dog, Guinness. He crossed over a little while back, and I couldn't really talk about it at first because, of course, I was completely devastated. And, you know, he was going to be 20 in August. He had a really great life. And for the past two years, he had a stroke in 2018. And then 18, no, when he was 18, he had a stroke. And Ever since then, he's been a little iffy. I mean, I've kept him alive. We, he had a good quality of life. But about a couple of weeks ago, he wouldn't take his meds. And that indicated to me, okay, you're either being a little snarky guy today or something's really up. And then he wouldn't eat. So this happened on a Sunday afternoon. And, of course, first thing Monday morning, I was zipping up to the veterinarian. And the vet, you know, examined him, and he said, well, you know, he's 20 years old. He said, but his kidneys are starting to fail. So let's start the protocol for the kidneys. He said, his heart looks pretty good, but the kidneys are an issue. So I spent, it was like a oh, 10- to 12-day battle. And finally one night he just looked up at me, and I could tell. I said, okay, I'll, I'll stop doing everything. And we sat together. I held him, and he had a wonderful time. We put the music on. We just sat and get to be together. And during that time, we had a conversation about what would happen next, about where he's, you know, crossing over and all that. And he said, well, what I want to do is I want to see, I, I want to try to find my brother, Blade. And he said, but then I want to come back to you immediately. So he and I talked about the process of doing that, from what my limited knowledge was. And he said that he would comply. When he crossed out that night, um, I felt a tingling in my hands as he was leaving. I could, it was like his, there was energy going into my hands and into my arms. And it was tingly. It was like, you know how when your leg falls asleep and then you, the blood starts going back in and it's all tingly? That's what it felt like. And at first I was very confused. I said, what is this? I'm either having some kind of heart issue or, you know, some. Or, or it didn't even dawn on me that it could have been Guinness's uh, energy. But I have some friends who, you know, they talk to animals and stuff like I do. And since I was so close to this, I really couldn't let myself go into the full value of what was really going on. And I asked my friend, I said, how how come I feel this tingling in my hands? And they said, well, Guinness is in there. I said, what? <laughs> Guinness is what? <laughs> they said, well, he was scared that he wouldn't be able to find you. So he thought the safest place to be was inside of you. And I'm like, okay. So he's been in there, and I've been looking around trying to find options for him. And I'm thinking, you know, this is going to work out because he's not going anywhere. I still feel him. He still talks to me. And I was looking at some animals at the shelter. I found this little black dog. It was tiny, tiny little dog. It was a chihuahua. And so I, you know, in my head, I'm looking at this, and I go, Guinness, look at here. Here's a nice little body. You know, this, this little dog is about two years old. He's male. He's a long-haired chihuahua like you. You know what that little guy said to me? He goes, it's puny, because it was only about maybe a 12- to 14-pound dog. And Guinness was 20 pounds, 20 to 22 pounds his whole life. 
And he said, it's puny. I said, well, excuse me. <laughs> he said, you weren't exactly the biggest dog on the planet. And he was so funny. He, I could hear him say, well, there's big German shepherds down there. If we're picking bodies out, I, I want a big one. And I'm like, oh, no, no German shepherds. I can't handle a German shepherd. So he and I have been talking, and he wants to come back. So we're looking around to see if we can find an appropriate body, either a puppy. But what I would rather do is adopt and give somebody, you know, an opportunity to have some good life while being rated with Guinness, you know, and participating. So I am keeping my fingers crossed. I want all of you to keep your fingers crossed because I'm looking and helping Guinness find it. And Guinness keeps telling me things to look at, and I go look at them. And I'm hoping to get him back soon. And I'm going to take all of you with me on that journey because I believe that reincarnation for pets is a viable thing. I've had, you know, Alan and I had a cat, Tempest, that came back four times. Um, And I've talked about when, you know, Anubis went into this tortoise who came in and hung out for a couple weeks on a pillow, big old tortoise. So I'm familiar with dogs and reincarnational process of animals. But this is the first time it's been like, you know, right in the heart, the knife right in the heart. But I want to take all of you on this journey with me because I know all of you that are listening, you know, you have pets that you love dearly, dogs, cats, and when they cross over, the finality of it is just devastating. And I think I'm going to, you know, let's talk through this. So as I go on this journey of reuniting with Guinness, I'm going to talk about it every week just to give you guys a heads up. Now, you can think I'm crazy or not, and I really don't care because this is my belief system, and I do believe it's a true belief system. So Guinness is still in me. I could, my hands are still tingling, and they get and I, and I figured out it wasn't like a heart condition because when I would talk about Guinness, it would get more intense, and when I wasn't talking about Guinness, it would die back down. So he's in there, and I'm going to take everybody on this journey because I think it's something that should be introduced and should, you know, it, we think I think it's going to be a wonderful thing to get him back in. So I will let you know every week what the progress is and what's going on. And, Tony, you love Guinness just as much as I do or more oh. because our little caper of getting him out here to be Oh, I know. I know. I know, I know. I mean, I just, I, it was hard. It's still hard. You know, I still see him. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, and of course, when I text you about the AWS here, you know, it was like in my brain, this is where it all started. This is where the two of you met. And I yeah. thought, maybe he's starting the story over again, you know. That's why I text you and said, that's Still, that's still an option. I'm keeping yeah. all the channels open, you know, because he's yeah. looking. I can feel him. I know he wants to be back here. And he was oh. really, the night that he did leave the body, he was really ticked off <laughs> at his body. Oh, I bet it was out of his control. But I just kept thinking when I text you, just check it out, just in case he wants to come back that I way. It's on my list. I, I've got up and signed up with all of these email things, you know, for pets that are lost and looking for a long-haired black chihuahua. And I didn't even realize Guinness was a chihuahua, but he is. I didn't he's either. A and that's why he's a little bigger. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, definitely a mix, but yeah, no, it broke my heart. And I and I know what you're going through. I mean, you too. Yeah. So I think everybody who's listening that's had a dog or a cat that they've lost knows exactly what I'm oh. going through. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's nothing worse than losing a pet. <laughs> well, I know. maybe losing a child. You know, but 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 the pets are our children, and right. to lose one, even though he was twenty, and he would have had such a great life and all these good things, it was still just incredibly horrible, and I couldn't talk about it for a couple of weeks. No. I'm sure you guys all noticed that I wasn't talking about the dogs too much, and especially not Guinness. I didn't think yeah. I could get through talking about it. But as time has gone on, of course, I've gotten a little better, and I've, the, the weeping has stopped a bit. But to lose your best friend, I'm sure every single one of you that's listening knows what that feels like. Oh, and absolutely. I think maybe changing thoughts to think, well, maybe we can re- that there is a reincarnational process and this dog can come back, I think that's something that should be considered. And I do think it's oh. true. So we'll see. I'm on this journey, and I'm going to take all of you on it with me. So, and everybody else is fine. I've got my other, my, my little girls are in here. They're enjoying a little bit of um, uh, more freedom because they can roam the house a little better. I always had to be a slightly careful because Guinness sometimes didn't feel good. He was cranky. And these three little dogs have a way of being annoying when they want to be. And so yeah. I wanted to make sure nobody got hurt. So I kept them pretty separate. Um, so that I didn't have to worry about you know somebody getting injured because Guinness, especially the last six months, he was he was cranky, and yeah. I didn't want any incidents to happen. No. So, anyways, I'm going to go get Veronica, who, right. by the way, has been wonderful during all of this. She's comforted me and helped me, you know, get past the, the initial physical loss. I realize he's still with me energetically, and that's a huge comfort. But the physical loss, the touching him, the petting him, the holding him, is right. not there. And you all know how involved I was with his medical care. I got bottles lined up along the wall. Now I don't have to do that. So it's been a transitionary time, but getting through it and getting him back, that's, that's my goal, is to get him back into my life. Oh, so absolutely. I'm going to go get Monica, and you go ahead, Tony, in. Shuffle off to Buffalo. So, hey, I'm going to go. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. Yeah, Guinness did a long, hard, hard, hard battle, and, you know, April was right there through all of it, and she kept him alive. And I'm sure he's really upset, and he's trying to get back for sure. That's that little guy. But we have a show to do. And I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And that's I-N-N-E-R, whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Um, our first question is coming from Pam. When we die, do we have the option of following the light and crossing over? Or... Can our soul remain on earth? Well, there are many souls who do not cross over right away. There are some who stick around for a little bit. And there are multiple reasons for that. 
sometimes in a very abrupt death, an individual may not know they've crossed, and it might take them a little while to figure that out. You don't always have to go immediately into the light. It is a choice. But ultimately, the soul does not want to say disembodied upon the earth plane. Um, and the ones that, you know, your culture comes up with this, okay, there's, there's ghosts, there's, there's hauntings, and there's, you know, apparitions going up and down the hallway. A lot of times, that is a soul that has not crossed over. Or, more importantly, a soul that's in another dimensional space, and there's a dimensional bleed through, and you'll see somebody dressed in, you know, 1800s garb walking down the hallway and say, oh, we're being haunted by this ghost. But they may be in their own reality somewhere, just walking down a road, and the bleed through makes it look like they're walking down a hallway in a haunted house type of thing. So there is a lot of movement energetically when one crosses, and it, and it doesn't mean just because you've crossed it, you have to go immediately to the other side. So it does happen, but it is something that a lot of energies do do, and it's quite commonplace. All right, our next question is coming from Linda. Is it possible to reincarnate as an animal? Yes, it is. However, that is not always the first choice, but it is something that a soul can do if they wish to. You can also take up residence in a tree. <laughs> you can also take up residence, you know, in the ocean or the air or a bird. There's all kinds of things that could you could incarnate into once you cross over. It's all about choice. And a lot of times, an energy, maybe it's, let's say this person was somebody who didn't treat animals very nicely and didn't have a, really have a conscience about it. And when they went to their review, they found out, they say, hey, you've got to be more sensitive to the animals. You need to understand where that animal is coming from. And we think you should go back and incarnate as a dog so you can see what it's like to live randomly without an owner doing the street. And that would be a moment where someone would reincarnate as a dog maybe to learn the lesson of being kind. That happens all the time. So yes, you can reincarnate as an animal, but it's not something you come in to reincarnate and to evolve unless if you're coming in to have a lesson about the treatment of animals. Then there is an evolution thing that happens. But yes, you can reincarnate as an animal if you wish. All right, our next question is from Sid. I have participated in group spiritual work in the past, but left to my own devices, depression takes over, and I stop trying. Does something from my past lives cause my depression? And if so, what is the best way to overcome it? Past lives and the experiences in past lives can have a deep effect upon your current moment. You could come in and have like a, a complete fear of water, and you could find out, let's say I drowned a couple of times, so anytime water gets up under my chin, I go into a tailspin. There are many, many things from past lives that influence your present. And 
we think in your case, Sid, that there were times in the past where the spiritual endeavors were caught up by whatever powers that be, and there was lots of you know persecution and things like that. And any time you got by yourself in one of those other lifetimes and were persecuted, it was depressing for you, especially if all of your counterparts in that particular life were no longer available. So, yes, the past lives do have an effect. Now, a good way to combat that or help you release yourself from that is to take a good look at them. Maybe do a past life regression. Maybe if it's something a little bit terrifying, you might want to have a hypnotherapist help you so they can pull you out of the perspective should it get a little dicey. We do think that by acknowledging and looking at the past life and realizing linearly, hey, that's in the past, it's affecting me, but I don't have to be scared of it anymore because it's in the past. And that can help you overcome it, knowing where it's coming from and the fact that it isn't affecting you now. So, yes, we think that um, overcoming it is important, but you've got to know what you're facing. And when you face it, then it suddenly doesn't seem to be quite the big problem that you thought it was. Okay, our next question is coming from Nancy. I was born with a huge awareness about what was right and wrong in many aspects. What interests me most is the planet Earth and not so much people. Am I a light worker? The planet has consciousness. It's having a very different experience than a human. Yes, you can still be a light worker for the planet, and that happens a lot. There are those who are just doing light work for the incarnates upon it, and there are those like yourself who are doing it because the planet, you know, it's like an abused child. It hasn't had a really good time of it because the humans are a bit abusive. So, yes. You are a light worker, and it's just a different path, a different corridor. And trust us, the planet knows that there are incarnates trying to be helpful and deeply appreciates it. And there's been a lot of improvement because there's been a lot of enlightenment of people saying, hey, stop throwing garbage all over the place. Those are things that the planet takes very seriously and can become very upset about. So a light worker coming in and bringing awareness to saying, hey, how are you treating the planet, is really good work. It helps us. And the planet is deeply, deeply appreciative. Okay, Veronica, that was our last question. And if we'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world, that would be great. All right. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. And, um, you know, write in, don't be shy, write in to innerwhispersradio.com, and we'll try to get your question on the air um, as soon as we can. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Well, today we'd like to talk about creation of your life how you are creating your life. Are you creating it from a tight, negative perspective? Are you allowing negativity to dictate its course? 
sometimes when things don't go well in the reality, it's really easy to sort of throw one's hands up and give up and say, oh, well, you know, it's really messed up, and not decide to think about how to remedy it. You think you have to start believing in yourself and realizing, yes, sometimes there's going to be bad things that happen, but I'm going to rise above it and become better and glean a little bit of information and growth out of it while I'm at it. Decide that you're going to start creating your life from a very open, calm frequency and stay the course with that. Don't allow negative energy to come in. Don't allow frenetic energy. And most of all, when there are people around you who are so deeply entrenched in their agony, don't join them there. Step back from them. Be there for, for help if they want it. And a lot of times they don't want it. But don't become involved in their negativity. Don't step into that pond because it's not going to be helpful to your growth. Decide that every day you're going to look around and create something that is calm and peaceful. It could be a tiny little thing. And then treat yourself nicely in accordance with it. You can get through a lifetime and you can extract yourself from negativity. And you can become a prolific creator. But you have to stay the course. You have to pay attention. And you have to be a little bold to say, okay, I stumbled and skinned my knees the last time I tried this, but this time I've got more support and I'm going to do it better. Being a positive creator is something that everyone should aspire to because it's so easy to slip down that little slide into the muck and mire of negativity and then you've got all kinds of stuff you don't want. Start thinking about your creative process and how positive you can make it. And if you have negativity nipping at your heels, get away from it. Walk away from it. And decide that you're going to create from a peaceful, calm place, not from what's nipping at your heels. And life might be better. Why not give it a try? Thank you, Veronica. That was a great message. And as always... I thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye-bye.